everyone. Hi, this is Demia Thomas here, aka Dr. D, and this is the Be About It podcast, the show where we hear about the real challenges of urban school leadership in public schools, why they exist, and the steps we can take to be about it and change the landscape of school leadership in public schools. Welcome, everybody. All right, y'all. So today's topic is subpar education and imposter syndrome and how are they related so oxford defines imposter syndrome as a noun it is the part of speech is a noun and the definition is the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own efforts or skills, right? So we have heard this phrase before and we, I'm sure many of you have endured this imposter syndrome as have I, thinking that what we have, we don't deserve, the success we have in our careers or in our lives, we don't deserve. Um, And so my, my, question today is how is subpar education and imposter syndrome related and what impact it has on us um, through our adulthood and so subpar education we know is education that is way below the standard of acceptability it is just checking off boxes and saying we did it the student went through the grade levels and sending them out into the world completely, um, you know, just not ready for what the world is about to give them, no critical thinking skills, things of that nature. So an example here is, you know, I grew up in Bedford-Stuyvesant, Brooklyn, back in the day. It is not how it looks right now with gentrification. Back in the day, the only white people we saw were the people who were teaching us in school. I thought I was pretty studious in school as a child growing up in the hood, you know. I went to the library, I took out books in elementary school. Um, Not until I got into middle school and high school, you get introduced to other things and get distracted. Um, But even in high school, you know, I was on the honor roll. I was in the college-bound program. I went to award dinners and, you know, got accolades for my academics in high school and even throughout, right? So, like, (laughs) uh, just really been successful in school academically and excelled uh, in school. Going to college, naturally being in the college-bound program, (laughs) I was, you know, excited about getting to college like all students should be. But when I got there, I was in for quite a shock, okay? I was completely ill-prepared for the thinking uh, needed to be successful in school. I remember going to the summer program before the fall semester began because my results warranted that I needed to be like in a summer program, right? I was so devastated. I was like, wait a minute, excuse me. 
I've been on the honor roll and in college bound program. How in the world am I in this like remedial class for college? Fast forward, you know, I'm in school. I'm not doing well, right? Because one, I think, you know, one of the things all college students have to challenge are challenged with it is, you know, the freedom. So apart from that as the struggle, I really struggled initially in school. And it didn't take long for me to catch on, right? Because I'm a smart person. I, I consider myself pretty astute and can catch on rather quickly. And not to say smart as the opposite is as smart as dumb, but just smart in the sense that, you know, I can pick up things quickly, right? I left college uh, going through applying for Teach for America, which is a pretty rigorous uh, application pro process. And I was truly shocked when I got accepted into the program. Um, happy, of course, but shocked because I felt like, you know, this was a challenge for me that I just felt I wasn't going to be able to get into it because the, the percentage of acceptance was pretty low, even though once I buckled down and really did what I needed to do in college, I was on the dean's list, like semesters after semester after semester. Going through this Teacher America program, I become a teacher, I'm, I see the need, I'm pushing through and pushing forward, and I have... Like it, it hit me when I realized that the work that I was doing was not only needed, but was noticed by my Teach for America colleagues, my uh, non-Teach for America colleagues, just like, okay, Demi is doing the work, she's getting it done. And they put me in a place where I didn't feel like I was supposed to be, <laughs> oddly enough. And a lot of the uh, steps in my career were because people actually believed in my abilities um, as an educator, as a innovator, as a leader. And even with all of that, I still doubted uh, how I presented, like how I showed up um, to other people. And so that subpar education that I received because I was right like I was on the honor roll <laughs> I was getting like these accolades for all of this stuff I was doing and got to college and I was so not prepared for what was being served on a platter to me and so it 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 rocked my self-confidence in a way that I didn't think I was capable of many of the things that I sought out. And so it's really, it's a question of, you know, this subpar education and the impact that it has long-term on students, specifically students like me who grew up in a poor community, who, you know, even though I didn't feel like I was poor because my family did a really good job of not letting me know that or be aware of that, but I grew up on food stamps and on Medicaid, right? Subpar education for students like me means that, you know, the impact that it has on your mental 
or, you know, how you think about yourself, how you move and navigate throughout the world um, really sets the, a trajectory for, for young people, right? I was very fortunate. A lot of our young people are not. And so our black and brown babies, our babies in marginalized communities who do not have a support system, they are the ones who really, like once that, that seed is planted from receiving 12 years of subpar education, like 12 years, imagine that. Imagine what it takes to come back from that. Like I struggled in college and had to develop, you know, this, this routine that was not taught to me because I was the first one in my family to go to college, right? My mom went to college the same time I did, which was amazing, but she didn't go before I went. So she didn't pass down any advice or, you know, thoughts around college and what to do while I'm in there. And so I had to learn all of those things on my own, which a lot of our students do, right? And are very successful at it. But the percentage of students that do not complete college is abysmal. And that's not to say every student needs to go to college. That is not, you know, the idea here. The thought is subpar education severely impacts how students move about the world. College, their personal life, the way they think about themselves and their view about themselves is strongly influenced by the education that they receive K through 12. So one of the things I want I want us to kind of think about is, you know, because a lot of times we, you know, only think about the things that are directly in front of us. Just like a pebble, there's a ripple effect, a pebble in water. That ripple effect really impacts students and the decisions that they make around their lives. The voice in your head, right? Like everyone has a voice in their head that tells them, oh, you shouldn't do this or go ahead and do that. Or, you know, it's your, it's your, your subconscious mind talking to you, right? Like this is about that singular voice in your head that says, what you should and should not do, how to how you encourage yourself to go through things that are challenging, things that are difficult, the voice in your head that pushes you through the discomfort of anything that is new, anything that is challenging. When students receive subpar education and they do not have a support system at home, to counteract that subpar education, that voice that helps them push through the discomfort of anything new is a whisper. It is not a voice that stands firm 
in their thinking and in their belief. The time that it took me to bounce back from that negative, the negative thought about myself, the negative perception I had of myself as a woman, a black woman, a woman who grew up in, you know, a poor community, a woman who grew up low income, the the amount of work that it took for me to pull out of that negative headspace about myself, while I'm glad I did, I shouldn't have had to do that much lifting because if I received the education that I was supposed to receive, K through 12, then who knows what, that's not to say I'm not proud of who I am and where I am right now, but who knows where else I could be. I do believe that, you know, we are where we're supposed to be to a certain extent. I do believe that the adults, specifically educators, have a moral and professional responsibility to ensure that the children that cross the threshold of their classroom or their school building are responsible for their lives. Not just teaching them, because it's more than just teaching. You are responsible, we are responsible for the lives of children. I know many educators out there, when you see, if you've been in education over five years and you have the privilege of living or walking through the community, you know, frequently being in the community in which you teach or lead and seeing, you know, one of your former students come up to you and greeting you and giving you a hug and telling you how well they're doing and really excited to see you. I know how that feels like that is one of the most amazing feelings as an educator, right? To see our former students doing really well, to see them excelling in, in, in life, in their career, making positive decisions and using critical thinking skills to navigate throughout the world. Like that is our moral and professional responsibility as educators. And when we do not act on that moral and professional responsibility as an educator, we are destroying the lives of students. And students like me, who grew up in the hood, low income, black or brown, you are setting students up for failure, not just a setback, but for failure when we do not provide quality education to our babies. And so that that is how subpar education and imposter syndrome are connected. The obvious one is, you know, if, if you are being completely negative to kids in, in your building and telling them that they can't do it or they're not smart or whatever, you know, saying the negative, which I'm hoping pray no one is actually doing that anymore, but I'm sure it's happening, unfortunately, in some local education districts. That is definitely setting students back. For those teachers, like I, as a principal, I had teachers, new teachers come in who completely frustrated. They want their students to learn. They don't know what to do better to get students to learn. 
and 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 the ones who who are trying who are using the suggestions and still not doing well like sometimes you know being an educator is not for everybody like y'all just need to know <laughs> and leaders need to be able to have those courageous conversations with educators to say like this is not for you you can choose to do something else educators who who are honest in their reflection about their practice as a teacher or even as a leader and if you realize that you are not doing right by kids and that you are causing more harm than good that you are creating students who become adults who develop imposter syndrome you just need to take a sabbatical and reflect what else do i need to do don't do it while you're like, like while you have students in front of you because each day you have a student in front of you is a further step backward that, that they're taking if you're not really providing quality education to, to our black and brown babies, to our most marginalized students. So this idea of subpar education and imposter syndrome, it's real. And I know it's real because I have lived it. Like I have experienced those things to say, I know that this is real. The call here for you all listening is really take some time to think about your experience K through 12 and how it has shaped you now as an adult. What things have come up because of your K through 12 education? If you have imposter syndrome, like the majority of people do have, where does that stem from? It could stem from naturally, you know, family uh, experiences. But I was fortunate that in my family, you know, my mother, my grandmother, people in my family were like, you can do anything you set your mind to. Like education was not a joke for my family. It was like, girl, you better get your butt in there and do that homework. <laughs> you better make sure you are doing what you need to do. I'll tell you something. When I went to college and... um I was, I actually struggled so much. I got academically dismissed, right? In undergrad. And I remember calling my mom to tell her that I was being kicked out of school. I was devastated to tell her that. And she said to me, I thought she was going to like go off and yell and like, rah, 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 rah. honey, when I tell you what she said was much worse than yelling, she said to me, you did not plan to fail. You failed to plan. And she said it so gently. <laughs> that was one of the hardest things for me to hear and accept because she was right. And so while I was dismissed that semester, I promised myself that I was going to go back and do what I needed to do. And I took a semester off right because I was dismissed and reapplied or I fill out the went through the process to be to go back to school and was accepted back and that semester going back through my graduation I was on the dean's list every single semester a lot of our students in in, in marginalized communities do not have support systems like I did where they encouraged me and told me that I can do anything and so the reason why I struggled in college is because my school set me up. I was 
I walked out of there so confident in high school, like, yes, I'm going to take on the world. My family believed I was going to take on the world. But then when I got to college and boom, yeah, my confidence fell through the floor. So that is how subpar education creates this imposter syndrome. Because you think you got it, but then when reality hits you and you're in the real world, you leave that hood community, that hood school, and you go and, and experience the world, yeah, that was a shock. So the call here to action here is, is reflect on your imposter syndrome and where it comes from, especially if it comes, if, like, if it comes from school. Think about your schooling and how that is connected to the way you feel about yourself and how you move throughout the world. If you are in education, I need you to really consider how you are setting your babies up to be successful once they leave you. Because that is your job. That is your moral and professional responsibility. What are you doing to set your babies up for success once they leave you? That's it. What you say to them, remember, is the ripple effect. It will absolutely impact them throughout their adulthood. Consider that. Think about that. Have a conversation with your education colleagues. Talk about the realities of that and what that looks like. How does that make you feel? Think about like if it was your child, how would that make you feel? So I want you to keep that on the forefront of your mind. You know, just think about that the things that we do and say right now in front of kids and for kids impacts them later on into their adulthood. The goal is to get rid of this imposter syndrome and our black and brown babies, our marginalized babies who need the most support should be receiving the most support. And if you do not know how to do that, then you ask for help. I just encourage you all to reflect on that, have conversations with your colleagues about that, with your school leaders, to just lead courageously. That's what I'm going to ask you to do. Lead courageously. Okay? So until next time... Give me uh, your thoughts. Share your thoughts below. Follow me on social media, driven underscore LLC on IG. And I'm also on LinkedIn. You can reach us at contact at driven, D-R-I-V-Y-N, LLC at gmail.com. Thanks for your time today. And remember, lead courageously. Thank <laughs> you.